Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are Travis and Stephanie Armstrong, and we are happy to be back, albeit we're a few days late, but (laughs) better late than never, right? Totally. Better late than never. Yeah, we're really excited to um, be with you guys, and we're talking about um, a very important topic. You know, this re-engage, if you've been with us, um, we're like on the 12th week. Yeah, and uh, more than about three fourths of the way through, and uh, and so now we're looking at understand, and yeah. maybe some of these couples are starting to understand like why did I do this in the first place? <laughs> There's all sorts of understanding. <laughs> There's all happening. sorts of understanding happening. Uh-huh. Um, but I think reengage is very purposeful and strategic in leading us along a certain systematic way of unpacking these topics mm-hmm. that really kind of peel the layers back for us as they target kind of the inner person and how our relationship with God obviously affects our relationship with our spouse. Yeah. And, and, and I think today, you know, um, the basis of what we're looking at is understanding one another. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know that we'll ever truly desire to understand our spouse until we first understand all who God is um, in the sense of, like he's the one who loves us. He's the one who's given us relationships, and um, until we understand our relationship with him um, and all that he's done for us, I don't know that we'll ever dive into really wanting to understand someone mm. else in a way that we want to minister to them. Yeah, good point. So the kind of principle that we're um, talking about this week is adoring and respecting mm-hmm. one another. And last week. Um, the first lesson in that was expectations. Yeah. So we talked through that and how we can miss one another yeah. <laughs> with misplaced expectations and unmet expectations. Yeah. And then this week, as you said, was understanding. Um, and kind of the main idea of the lesson uh, was that God calls us to live with our spouse in an understanding way, mm-hmm. which means that we have to become a student of our spouse so that you can best love and celebrate them. Um, and like you just said, our relationship with our spouse is also tied to our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we had a lot of fun with this one this week. It, it, absolutely. A lot of great conversations. <laughs> and um, I, I think, you know, this really ties in with the expectation. But, you know, I think a lot of people um, come into marriage maybe expecting it to be a certain way, especially in light of... Gosh, you know, get married and you think, oh, this person's a lot like me. We have a lot in common, a lot of shared mm-hmm. interests. So this is going to be this is going to be awesome. And then you know, you get into kind of like the nuts and bolts and in the daily grind of of living together, and you realize this person's nothing like me. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's not so cute anymore. It's it's not so cute and adorable <laughs> and attractive like it was when you were dating. No, I, I think um, those differences that were attracted that were very attractive at, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, what happens with a lot of couples as they progress down the, the line of, 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 of marriage is those differences can then become something that's a source of 
contention mm-hmm. and, 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 and all of a sudden they don't really appreciate those differences anymore. And those things can become, you know, a source of annoyance and yeah. um, frustration and everything else. <clears throat> yeah. I think we, um, you know, we have to be so careful how we handle our differences yeah. and our perspective and our attitude about them. Um, we laughed because one of the questions this week actually had us, um, listing like what are three to five personality differences between you and your spouse (laughs) (laughs) only three to five (laughs) i know there's quite a few but we thought we'd share some of ours um our differences and if you know us maybe you could already guess this about us but um do you want me to share my list trev yeah i said that you between the two of us are typically the rational one yep. <laughs> and I'm more on the irrational side, <laughs> which is funny. Cause I don't think people always think that about us because you know, you have the reputation of being a youth pastor and most of the time people characterize youth pastors as like wild and crazy and yes. <laughs> and you certainly have an energetic side to you, mm-hmm. but in reality you are the rational thinker between the two of us. Okay. Uh, you're the dreamer. Mm-hmm. I'm the planner. Mm-hmm. So you're the big picture. I'm the... Yeah. Pie in the sky, ground level. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you're the half full thinker. Yep. I am the half empty thinker. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as the optimist. That's you. And the realist. And the realist. I think that's better <laughs> than pessimist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are the extrovert. Yeah. I am the introvert, mm-hmm. which was pretty funny during the COVID you know, the beginning when we were really kind of everybody was locked down and nobody was seeing anybody. To me, it was like dream scenario. (laughs) To you, it was like prison sentence. Right. (laughs) Like very quickly, I I was watching you struggle with being in the walls of our home and the weather wasn't warm yet and thinking to myself, this better not last very long (laughs) because he's going to go crazy. (laughs) Meanwhile, I was like in, you know, Aside from the fear factor of what was happening in the world, I was sort of loving it. Um, you are the easygoing one. I am the tightly wound one, mm-hmm. typically. Yeah. What else? Well, I put, um, I'm labeled as the Disney dad. Yeah, Mr. Fun. Mrs. DIY. I'm, I am the project taskmaster. I guess I would be considered Mr. Spontaneity, and you're yep. got to have a plan. That's true. I like a plan. <laughs> Yeah, and these are, you know, numerous differences. Yeah. And um in, you know, when you get married, inevitably there's a collision course. Yep. And I think it it's important to understand the differences because the differences that we have between the two of us really determine the expectations we have for life and mm-hmm. what we're going to do and how we're going to spend our time and money mm-hmm. and everything else. And if we don't understand those differences, it's going to lead to a lot of frustration. Totally. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the key, one of the keys is, and even in that question when they had us list those differences, they said, spend some time, like, thanking God and mm-hmm. and um, appreciating the differences. Because I yeah. think if you look, I mean, ours are pretty, we're almost polar opposite in many ways. Yeah. And yet, so, okay, that can be fun. <laughs> that can be super frustrating. But you can see exactly why. Um, I think God brought us together. Yeah. Because we do sort of balance one another out. Yep. Um, on our good days, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we um, make a good team. Yes. Especially like in the dreaming and planning aspect, right? Like if you were in charge of everything, 
we wouldn't get anything done. Mm -hmm. If I was in charge of everything, we would never have fun. Yeah. (laughs) So true. True. We definitely help one another. Um, But I think the rub in marriage is, you know, those things when you're dating, it's so funny. I think back and, you know, as I was describing you to family members or friends, I would talk about your personality and then say something like, you know, I love that about him. Yes. And then, you know, later a, in a life, a few months in, a few years in, I don't really like that. You start thinking, you know, that is not that great. I wish you were like me. I wish you were different. And, you know, and the reality, we don't want to be like one another right. because we, the example I just gave you, we would, that would not be good for anybody. <laughs> but, um, I think we have to be careful because it can be a little bit like drinking poison for our marriage and our heart mm-hmm. when we start looking at the differences between us and we start despising them. Right. As opposed to thanking God for how he created you. Yeah. Um, and appreciating that he chose you for me and me for you yeah. for a reason. Right. Um, but I think if we don't, if we aren't careful, careful to keep the vision that God has for our marriage yeah. and for one another and how we treat one another, we can really go off course. Big time. And before we know it, we are, you know, we're drinking that poison where mm-hmm. we're just so annoyed yeah. with the differences and yeah. we can't get past the differences. Right. And I think that happens in a lot of crisis counseling, um, you know, couples get to a place where at the beginning of their marriage they were celebrating those differences and yeah. later in life they are critical yep. of one another in those differences yeah um but i think god gives us those differences for a purpose yep. and that's to really grind away at our own selfishness and pride so that we'll consider the interests and personal needs of someone else to understand where they're at in life to meet them yeah and partner with them. And partner with them. Yeah. To do life together, yeah. to make relationships like marriage work. And so um, I think a lot of times we can just become, gosh, you know, like Adam, it's this woman you gave me <laughs> is, the, is the problem. Blame her. Huh? And we just blame. And like, why does it have to be this way? Why does she have yeah. to be this way? And, and, and instead of going, gosh, thank you for the gift that this person is and that they're not like me. Who, who would want to be married to someone just like themselves? Yeah. You know, I think one thing that's important, and um, we had Bob and Jenny come and speak to Reengage this week, and um, I loved the way that they talked about this, but the idea of us being a team, mm-hmm. you know, we're Team Armstrong. Yeah. And so instead of, I think we get in trouble when we think so much about ourselves. Yeah. And we almost divorce ourselves from the team and we're just concerned. I'm just concerned about Stephanie. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, Travis is not doing what Stephanie wants. (laughs) Travis is really grating on Stephanie's nerves. Mm -hmm. And you have to be careful because it's not Stephanie in the marriage and it's not just Travis in the marriage. It's Travis and Stephanie in our marriage. And they talked a lot about um, coming at marriage with this teamwork mentality and recognizing that we have one enemy, and it's mm. not you and me. Mm-hmm. We have one mutual enemy who comes against us right. as a united front. Yep. And so wouldn't he just love to take all those differences and mm-hmm. highlight them mm-hmm. and make us kind of retreat to our corners and our separate camps? And yep. that is totally antithetical to what God's purpose of oneness in marriage right. is to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you think about that. 
everything that God has created is good. And you think one of the greatest things that God has created that is so good is marriage. Mm-hmm. And the two shall become one flesh. So God's design and purpose for marriage is oneness. The enemy wants to destroy the good works of God. Right. So what's the one thing he wants to do with marriage? Create divide. division and yep. divide. So there isn't oneness. Yep. Um, and so it makes sense that the approach that we have to take is a team mentality mm-hmm. and remember we're not the enemy. That's right. Yeah, and you know, again, this is why something like reengage or a marriage ministry is mm-hmm. so important because you know it's the little ways I think that he trips us up. Yeah, it's the little slide that the slow drift, yeah, so to speak, that before you know it, if you aren't careful, if you aren't able to spot it and correct it can all of a sudden become like this chasm, right? Mm-hmm. And so something like re-engage, it's not like this is a rocket science principle, yep. but this is an important thing to just constantly check in. Like, how are we doing? How's our team? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are, are we teammates? Yeah. <laughs> or are we acting like opponents right now? Yep. Um, so I just think, you know, this, is, this was a great topic this week to just kind of, even for you and me, just do a little check-in, like, How's Team Armstrong? Yep. Are we strong right now? One thing that they also said that I really love is um, a little phrase between the two of them, which is, I love us. I love us. And I was thinking about that because we all, you know. This is us. This is us. It's a spin on this is mm-hmm. us now. I think, you know, the pressure, we sometimes put pressure on each other with the I love you stuff because yeah. it's sort of like, not that I'm, certainly I'm all for saying I love you. That's important. We need to say that to one another. But it kind of puts the pressure on like, I love you. Don't mess it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, versus I love us, which sort of calls the two of us towards the marriage, right? Like protecting this thing that God has done and created and the way that he's brought us together. Like, I do love that. And I want to do everything to keep that. Um, so that's just a sweet little phrase that they they say, and I I wrote it down because I loved it. Yeah. But I think it kind of highlights this. But anyway, we wanted to talk about maybe one aspect. Yeah. Right. You know, First Peter three seven says, "Live with your wife, your spouse, in an understanding way." I would say this is wife, but it could definitely apply. Um, you know, live with your husband yeah. in an understanding way. Yep. And so to understand one another is kind of is kind of the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one big key ingredient mm-hmm. for that to happen is empathy. Yeah. I heard one guy say that if you could bottle up empathy and sell it and people could buy it, that it would greatly reduce the divorce rate. Mm. If we would just empathize with one another mm. and where we're at in life. And so I think, I really think that's one of the key ingredients. Um, obviously, there's many factors that yeah. can help with understanding your spouse. Yep. But I think that's one of them that is 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 pretty critical. Yeah, it's like a tenderness, mm-hmm. right? To validate, sort of, to hear, to listen to one another's mm-hmm. feelings, yes. emotions. I think, um, I don't know, that word tenderness just kind of rings in my ears about... That's another thing. As time builds in your marriage, um, when things are healthy, your tenderness for one another grows. Yeah. Uh, but when things have maybe taken a turn, it's almost like the opposite, like a callus builds. Mm-hmm. And we sort of, we, we lose just that ability to 
empathize, empathize. to come mm-hmm. alongside and, and have some grace for one another and yeah. some, um, some love there. Yep. But um, we thought we'd talk a little bit about just a picture that we see um, in the New Testament in the mm-hmm. book of Mark, right? Yeah. yeah. From Jesus. And we get to see, you know, we see, that's what's so beautiful about scriptures that we're given so many looks yeah. at who God is. Yes. And in this particular chapter of yep. Mark, we get to see a side of Jesus that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You see a lot of different character traits of Christ displayed throughout the gospel accounts. You can see him be very fierce and and, and um, harsh with people who are religious. Yeah. And yet at the same time, you see him be so tender and sweet with people who are broken. Yep. And, and in this instance there in Mark 7... It's exactly what happens. Yep. You see that side of Jesus where he's able to show incredible empathy for someone. And so this is the story. I'll read it. And then, um, Steph, I think you have some great points you would like to sure. share. This is Mark 7 and uh, verse 31 and following. Then he, being Jesus, returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of, De- of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more they proclaimed it. Yeah, so it, this is such an interesting passage. I got to teach on this a couple of years ago, which is why um, why we're, we're kind of talking about it, because Jesus has just um, got done sort of teaching the Jewish people, and then he's kind of on the move, and now mm-hmm. he's spending time with Gentiles, yep. which was radical. Those are non-Jews, right? right? And not only is he going to spend time with a few key um, people, but he's actually going to heal them. He's going to mm-hmm. touch them in a way mm-hmm. that Jewish people were like, what is it's he happening. doing? Yeah. And in this case, this man who is um, deaf, right? He has a hearing loss and a speech impediment is brought by his friends, kind of drug to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they're begging him, like, do something, touch yeah. him. Yeah. And what's so neat about this encounter um, is that we see Jesus do something that he's never really done before yeah. in a certain way. And there's actually six physical things that Jesus does yeah. with this man. And I think even before he does some of the physical things, um, you know, he takes him aside privately, right? Is that one of the things you were yeah, going to touch that's on? One of my okay, things. go for yeah. it. You got it. You got this girl. <laughs> yeah, thanks. He, uh, he does that first. He takes the man away from the crowd. That's the first thing. And I think it says that he touched his arm, right? And like mm-hmm. took him away. He points to his ears, to the man's ears. He touches his own tongue, Jesus' own tongue. Yeah. He takes his own saliva and puts it on the man's tongue. He looks up and he sighs. Mm-hmm. And then he says with his mouth, Jesus does, be opened. Yeah. It's a lot of physical things that he's done. And, and Jesus has never done this in a public healing. So you automatically ask, like, why? What, what's happening? Why is he yeah. doing all this? Um, because we know that Jesus didn't need rituals mm-hmm. to heal, right? right? Which people were always looking for, like, what's the secret yeah. thing? He didn't need a ritual. Yeah, a lot of times he would just speak a word yeah. and the person would be healed. 
But in this case, this is what's so beautiful about this. He knew that this deaf man needed him to do all of those things. Mm -hmm. And he knew that because he's the wonderful counselor and he deeply identifies with this man. So we see him touch his ears. He touches his mouth. He motions to him. He leads him with touch. It's really sign language. Mm -hmm. It's a a tender sign language. And he takes him away from the crowd, like you said, Trav, um, because this is a man who likely has always been a spectacle. But Jesus is refusing to make him one. So Mm -hmm. he privately takes him away. And then he enters this man's cognitive world, really. And he uses terms or nonverbals that this man can understand. So he really deeply identifies with him. And then I love this. He utters a deep sigh, which in a a better translation of that word, it it means he moans. It's a compassionate response to pain and the sorrow that sin has brought into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also, we see that same word used in Isaiah 35, uh, verses 4 and 6. That word for sighing deeply is used here and there only. And so we can kind of deduct that he's like bearing the divine retribution mm. of this affliction in this simultaneously simultaneous prayer to the Father. This mm. man couldn't hear Jesus speak, right? right. He's deaf. Right. But creation heard the command of the <clears throat> Creator, and the man was healed. Yeah. Which is so beautiful. Um, and it's, again, it's just... It's not only beautiful because he was so tender with this man, but this man was a Gentile. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like a, you know, a Jewish um, member of Jesus's family or his st- a stranger. Yeah. And like we said, a spectacle. And yet Jesus is so tender and so personal. Mm-hmm. And he does for this man. The man probably just thought, like, I just need to be healed. But he had no idea that he needed Jesus to relate to him in that way yeah. because it would reach him so deeply right. and heal him not only on the physical, but from the inside out. Yeah. And so what a beautiful picture. It is. Um, uh, what a, a beautiful attribute of Christ for us to also model to our spouse mm-hmm. and, and, and in any relationship where we have a real closeness, yeah. right? With a child, maybe with a parent, with a sibling, um, there is such a strength in a quiet tenderness. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is where I want to, I really want to pray that I don't lose that yeah. with you, Yeah, that I don't lose it with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because nothing really ministers to you like somebody who deeply knows you yeah. and accepts <laughs> you as you are and enters your world right. to understand it and, and help. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that quote that you, or that example that you gave of the man who said, if we could bottle up empathy, mm-hmm. our divorce rate would sure go down. Yeah. Um, sometimes we lose our empathy for one another. The life is hard, right? Yeah. And it builds up. Yeah. And I think we get so busy too. We just don't take the time to, to get to know one another and understand yeah. where we're coming from. And so, yeah, I, I love that, you know, Jesus obviously was extremely busy. Yeah. There's crowds that are following him. I mean, he is definitely a, a man who has got a lot of people around him. Yeah. And, and yet he took the time out to personally minister to him mm-hmm. 
in a way that this guy obviously deeply identified with but understood from his own cognitive world yep. and how he communicated. Um, yeah, and I think it's a beautiful picture of empathy and, and how in our own relationships, you know, with our spouse or the kids or other significant relationship we have with, with friends and what have you, to empathize with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you see the greatness of Jesus in his willingness to get down on someone else's level and be right where they're at. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times we think in our world, greatness is making yourself great in the eyes of others. But here you see Jesus lower himself mm-hmm. to get on the level with someone else. Yep. Uh, and I, I, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think in marriage, if we're willing to go low and, and say, you know what, I'm going to put your personal needs and interests before my own mm-hmm. and, and come to you on your plane and minister to you on your level and and meet you right where you're where you're at in life mm-hmm. because I care about you and I love you and I want to show that to you mm-hmm. by understanding what's going on in your world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we were kind of were charged with in this lesson this week was being a student of yeah. your spouse. Right. Like, I want to know you better. I want to get to know you. And they gave us kind of, you know, ways we could do that. One of them was exactly what you just said, serving your spouse by selflessly putting their des- their desires before your own. Mm-hmm. And that is not easy. Not easy. <laughs> because our... It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't. Our desires just really wage war within us all, yeah. the, time. all the time. And so, you know, it takes intentional effort to say like, okay, that's what I want to do. But I want to know, what do you want to do? Like, what would be a win for you in this situation? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's one way. Another is to celebrate the uniqueness of the way that God has designed them. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget, like, those are the differences between us. Um, and maybe we're always thinking, how can I fix those? Yeah. (laughs) How can I get him on my side? Yeah. And we forget that, wait a minute, God created him or her exactly like that. Right. Not to be fixed, but to be embraced. Mm Mm-hmm. As is, right? And not yeah. that we aren't striving for sanctification and yeah. to grow, but think, fundamentally, we're not, we don't want to try to right. change one another. Right. And I think if people are really honest, the differences that they see in their spouse, those differences have probably made their relationship, their family, their marriage better. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a funny quote from that conference that we went to in a parenting seminar. Um, the psychologist that was speaking said, I'm going to, kind of paraphrase, but essentially that God gives us the kids that we need. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I kind of laughed because it sort of hurt my feelings. Like, (laughs) wait a minute, (laughs) why do I need this? You know? And I think it's true in marriage. God gives us the spouse that we need, not just because they make, you know, our life easier, but because they will God can use those differences to sharpen one another. To enhance and make a lot of our relationship better. And our, not only our relationship better, but our joint witness to the mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. right? The story of our, the picture of our marriage yeah. is richer and better when we are growing toward the Lord and together. Yes. Right? Yep. We, pr- we just present the gospel better. Yeah. Um, and then I think we also get a great relationship thrown in. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, and I think one of the a great exercise that we really would like to challenge everybody with this week, that with your spouse, like celebrate the differences and maybe pick one thing that's that's a difference and just be like, I so appreciate that this is who you are and that's how God's made you because that has made our relationship better and is a, a collectively created a better witness to this world you know yeah and so i think it's healthy to do that because if we don't do that we're going to slide into this monotonous apathetic lazy approach to marriage where we don't think about those differences as being something to celebrate but become critical of and and so if we're not intentional of celebrating those differences it will devolve into something where we're being judgmental of those of those things yeah uh, instead of celebrating yeah, a great question to ask kind of regularly of one another is how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that takes some humility it Does to say, <laughs> how can I serve you this week? Right. But honestly, who doesn't, who doesn't feel cherished and valued mm-hmm. when somebody comes to them and asks, like, what can I do to help you? Yeah. And then they do it. You know, that's the other thing is we got to follow through. Right. Um, but I think that's a great challenge and it's a great check-in question. It is. Um, for one another and something that, you know, we need to do regularly because it really does change the temperature between us. It does. When we come at one another, I think it was Dave and Mindy um, who spoke several weeks ago and they made the point that they are at their best in their marriage mm-hmm. when they are serving one another yeah. when that is kind of their focus. Yeah. Things go really well. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's so true when we are not so consumed with our own self and our own satisfaction yeah. and our own desires and our own wants and needs. Right. But when we come at it thinking, what can I do to, to really make their load easier? What can I do to really bless them mm-hmm. or how can I encourage them or speak yeah. life into yeah. them? And that was the turning point for Bob and Jenny Coughlin. It was, yeah. In their marriage. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Bob saw his wife, Jenny, being willing to sacrifice and serve Bob. And um, that was just the game-changing mm-hmm. display of grace. Yeah. And, and, and this service uh, that she willingly laid her life down to minister to, to him. and. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, here's the beauty of that. If you're in a marriage that's hard right now, you know, you can't control your spouse's mm-hmm. response or reaction. Yeah. That's out of your control. But we can always choose our response and our reaction. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe that's not something that is being reciprocated to you right now. Mm-hmm. But it is still something that you could choose to do. And maybe if you choose to do it, it will change the temperature of your yeah. marriage. And yeah. it will be a hinge point. Yeah. And it will be an um, an on-ramp yeah. for your spouse to maybe come back and say, wait a minute, I see what you're doing for me. I don't know why you're doing it, but I yeah. see it. And I appreciate it. Um, so we want to encourage you, I think, in that, that you yeah. know, we know marriage is hard. Yeah. And so some days, I, I'll be honest, I don't feel like saying to you every day, how can I serve you? <laughs> because my selfish, my selfishness mm-hmm. rages, mm-hmm. right? And I'd rather say, um, could you serve me? Yeah. I mean, that's honest. Yeah. But 
um, thankfully I'm a work in progress, right? You're a work in progress. As we both are, (laughs) as we both are. But we still want to encourage you, um, no matter where you find yourself in a marriage, in a relationship with a child, maybe, um, we can choose to have empathy. Mm -hmm. And I really think empathy goes a long way. It does. And I think at the end of the day, someone changes not through being treated harshly or in a critical manner, but through the warmth and love of, of the gospel Yeah, when that's put on display in a marriage. Yep. And that is not easy. It doesn't come naturally. But when we're willing to be led by the Holy Spirit and make the conscious decision that we're going to serve this other person, even though maybe they don't deserve it. Yeah. Uh, but we're just going to do that because that's what God calls us to in obedience. And again, I know that's hard, but when we're willing to take that step of obedience. It's amazing how God empowers us to live a Christ-like way yep. with our spouse. And that can be the transformational ingredient that brings about such life in a marriage that maybe is dead on arrival. Right. Um, because selflessness in that sense really can be the spark to, to change. It can. And I think at the end, as we close, you know, you think about what Jesus did for us. Here's one who has the worship of angels mm-hmm. that never day and night cease to cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And yet here is this king of the universe who literally left his throne, what kind of king leaves his throne yeah. and came down to earth to make himself nothing of no accord, no reputation, a servant, a bondservant ultimately who would be obedient to death on the cross because he considered our eternal <laughs> destiny yeah. as more important than his self-preservation yeah. and gave his life in service at the cross and by dying in our place to forgive us and accept us as children of the king. And so it's incredible. And it's always not just the motivation that we see with, with, with the cross and what Jesus did there. It's also the gospel is the empowerment mm-hmm. to live a life like Christ with one another through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Imitate Christ, right? Imitate Christ. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, as we wrap up, that's our prayer for Mm -hmm. you. That's our prayer for us. Yeah. That's our prayer for our marriage and your marriage and your family, um, that we would imitate Christ because this is the picture we see. Right. This is how he loved. That's how he loved. Right? He did not grasp equality with God, but made himself nothing. Nothing. Um, well, Trav, why don't you pray for us, yeah. pray for our listeners, and then we will wrap this episode up. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you that um, as we come to understand the gospel, um, we will catch a, a glimpse of just the beauty and the greatness and, and grandeur of God and all that you have given us in Christ and, and I pray that would affect us deeply and change us at, at the core of who we are to radically alter how we see life and how we view our relationships, especially as we think about our marriage, to act in a selfless way because we see what Christ did in a very selfless manner at Calvary. And this won't come easy. It doesn't come naturally. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit to bring about change in our life um, and help continue to lead and guide us along that path of following you where there's a denial of ourself and there's a taking up of our cross and following you. So thank you, Jesus, for how the gospel is transformational, not only in our lives personally, but in our relationships. 
Help us to live for you in a way that honors you, that honors the King. And um, God, we thank you for all who are listening and pray this is a blessing and encouragement to all of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, friends, for listening. We always appreciate hearing from you, and we would love to um, engage with you on our social media. You can find us at the Family Huddle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're also on the Grace Church app and on the Grace Church website on the Family Ministry page. So look for us. We'd love to interact with you. Love to hear your feedback. And we appreciate you taking the time to listen today. So we will see you next week. See you then. Bye-bye.